everybody another edition here of the auburn undercover podcast on the 24 7 sports network my name is nathan king joined here today by mark murphy and mark here as we record this on tuesday this was our first bit of movement um, in terms of roster management for auburn this offseason of course it's been about two weeks now since their uh, since their season came to a close and sort of knew that after you know with player and coach conversations with the transfer portal ramping up with with guys who have an extra COVID year, all that stuff needing to come in play. And of course you need to get your scholarship situation figured out before you can fully commit to getting a certain amount of guys. We, we knew it was only going to be a matter of time before we got some roster movement. Um, and today it happened in, in sort of a big wave with two, uh, with two guys It ends up being Mark. their two best recruits that are on the roster. Yoan Treor um, said on social media, he is going to enter the transfer portal. Of course, he is the third highest rated signee they've ever had. Um, and then Chance Westry, um, just a little bit later, we can report that he is also set to do the same. Obviously, neither of them are in the transfer portal at the moment, um, but both plan to. And uh, Mark, these are both guys that we had question marks about. Auburn fans sort of looked at their, um, I guess, bizarre first season, you know, abnormal. You know, it's it's not it's not what Auburn wanted to see. It's not what they wanted to see. Obviously, you want to come in and contribute as a freshman, but for differing reasons. Chance Westry because of his injury, Yoan. Treor just wasn't able to crack a front court rotation. Um, neither of them did much in their freshman year, and uh, and now you know Auburn was definitely looking forward to their potential in the future. But now it looks like the the rest of their basketball careers won't be uh, won't be played out at Auburn. Yeah, sometimes players leave because you know they're encouraged to, but I don't think that was the case with either one of these guys, Nathan. And uh, you know they both have potential. They certainly didn't sh- show enough of it this past year. Uh, Yo was. Um, He's got a nice shooting touch. He's got a lot of length. He's um, got he's a good athlete, but boy, he was really pretty awful on defense. And if you're going to let in more points than you score, that's a problem. It, he was kind of passive on the on the boards. He got better as the season went along, but you know he certainly didn't play like a five star recruit. And I think he was obviously misranked. He, he's not that good, but. He's still got a lot of potential, and it's a guy that if he'd been willing to stay here, work, and develop, he'd had a chance, you know, to play for the long run. And, you know, with him deciding to stay and and play in that power forward position, I think that might be a sign that Jalen Williams is going to come back for his COVID year as a a fifth-year player. And uh, uh, that would be very good news for Bruce Pearl and staff if it happens. Now, Chance Westry is – well, that's a real disappointing one to me for the Tigers because, you know, I think he's got a lot of potential. Last summer, watching him in workouts, uh, he was uh, certainly a guy capable of being a starter. Uh, he went to Israel, played well in two of the three games over there, the exhibition games in August, then hurt his knee. Uh, he re-injured a problem. He told me at first injured it back as a ninth grader. And he heard it on and off in high school, but you know it was good to go uh, until this season. And uh, you know we tried to come back three or four weeks after having the scope to clean it up, but it just wasn't the same. And uh, coaches made the decision to go ahead and redshirt him. And uh, but Auburn really didn't get much of anything out of him. So uh, yeah, he's certainly a, a guy that'll be missed because number one, he's talented, Nathan. Number two, 
He could play the one spot, the two spot. He could even play small forward. And, and number three, this team roster really needs another big guard, and uh, he certainly could have fit that bill for them. Yeah, like you mentioned, Westry checked a lot of boxes early on in his in his time at Auburn. Like you talked about, I mean, I don't know if he was their best player in Israel, but he could have been. I mean, there there was a lot of stretches um, where he looked really, really impressive um, running that point guard spot for them. Like you mentioned, him him being such a versatile player, that size that he has, that athleticism. Um, but neither of them really got a chance to. Well, they had they had opportunities, um, but neither of them were really able to show it in their freshman year. Like you mentioned, um, with Chance Westry, kind of was working to come back. He told us in Birmingham when, when we were able to talk to both these guys. You had you had the story on Westry, and I and I wrote about Treyor. You know, we we didn't talk to them much all season, but there was the open locker room in Birmingham, so kind of able to pick their brains on how their freshman years went. And and one thing that Chance said to me was. You know, it was it was frustrating because his body just wasn't responding, but his mind was all there. He felt like he was taking the coaching really well. Um, felt like he was, you know, able to run the plays. And he he was talking about before he even redshirted early in the season when he was still practicing a lot when he before he had been shut down. Um, and he said it was just really frustrating um, for him to to go through all of that. And so, um, of course, that's that's nothing that has to do with Auburn. I just think both of these ended up being unfortunate breaks for for both the players and Auburn because. With Treyor, like you talked about, there's so much talent there, you know, in terms of his athleticism. But he's a guy who hasn't been playing basketball that long. Um, sort of was stuck in a weird flux in terms of which position he was playing in the front court. You know, was he going to be a four? Was he going to be a five? And he just he he really didn't break into the rotation at all. And then obviously you can't help you can't help that injury um, with with Westry. You know, like you said, he'd been dealing with it for a number of years, but you, you can't help that that gets in the way um, for him as a freshman. Your point, Mark, talking about Jalen Williams, you know, like you said, these, these weren't guys who were pushed out. These are guys that Auburn was excited about for the future. But with both of their decisions, you have to wonder now and you have to kind of, you know, put on your uh, you put on your speculation hat and kind of keep your eyes open for what is going to happen in terms of the other decisions on the roster. Because like we were talking about before we got rolling, maybe not as likely that Alan Flanagan comes back as Jalen Williams. And I, I'm in that same camp as well, but it's not out of the possibility. He's got his COVID year, and then with Chance Westridge's decision, um, we're going to have to see what happens for the rest of Auburn's backcourt because they might have some decisions to make as well. You know, Nathan, I, th- I was almost positive Alan Flanagan was going to go pro after his junior season, and then he had the uh, Achilles injury, and he was very limited in what he could do that year. Uh, he came back, and he was much better as a senior, but he he didn't put a performance out there on the court that would indicate – He's an NBA prospect, and the NBA was certainly interested in him prior to that injury because they invited him to the Chicago camp, which is a very prestigious honor for a college basketball player. It means they're seriously looking at him. They liked his athleticism. They liked his reach. They liked his defensive potential. They certainly liked his quickness, and he'd shown a lot of promise between – stepping up between his freshman and sophomore years when basically he played out of position a lot of his sophomore year when they needed him to step in and play point guard. And, uh, you know, they showed that versatility ball handling, playing one, two, and three positions. And he even defended power forwards too at times because he jumped so well. He's 6'5 to 6'6. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, he's Flanagan certainly got a decision to make because, um, you know, if he's going to play pro – 
right now, my guess is that you'd have to go play overseas someplace or, uh, you know, maybe get a shot at the G League or something like that. But, uh, you know, I don't see him being drafted or even coming close to it right now based on what he did for the 22 and 23 season, Nathan. Yeah, and then you look at someone like Jalen Williams. Could that sort of be Auburn's cornerstone if he comes back? Obviously, Janai Broom, there's there's no reason to expect that uh you know that he won't be back next season. You're talking about returning your starting front court, one of whom was an all SEC center, and the other one, as as you know, we've talked about many times, as everybody would agree, has really Jalen Williams has really sort of blossomed over his Auburn career. He's turned into an ultra efficient player on offense. He was their best three-point shooter. He's a guy who brings you a lot of athleticism um, on defense and really became one of their most consistent players. Probably him and Broom were their most consistent players in terms of showing up um, night for night on defense um, and, and offense as well. So um, we'll have to see you know, how those decisions sort of transpire. On the other end of things, Mark Auburn is poking around in the portal um, as expected. I don't think this roster is going to look completely different next year. Obviously, it has a chance to um, but, you know, they, they do have some scholarship spots open to be able to to make some moves. Um, I put it on our site today. They're, they're going to see the Rice transfer, uh, Quincy Olivari, guy who scored 18 points a game in Conference USA. Last year, they're visiting him um, in Houston today. Denver Jones, the FIU transfer, a guy, uh, guy from Buckhorn. Shout out. Shout out the Bucks. Uh, my high school alma mater. But uh, he's an in-state guy. So, you know, the Auburn and Alabama have a lot of interest there. Olivari, by the way. Um, is from Atlanta. His former teammates with Chumo Kiki, so got to wonder about the connection there. Does he want to come um, closer to home? But really, Mark, it seems like based on the guys they're targeting, they're going to keep an open. You know, they're going to keep open ears to most everybody. But based on some of these early targets and maybe the guys they're pushing on a little bit more, it's like we talked about a scoring guard, and especially with Chance Westry on his way out now, um, that's what you missed a lot of a lot of last season. A, a guy at the two spot who can just go get you some shots. Um, and right now, you know, Olivari, the number three scorer in Conference USA, Denver Jones, the number two scorer, guys who shoot the three ball really well. They're kind of that uh, that archetype right now is what they're looking at in the transfer portal. And I certainly think that would upgrade their roster in a big way if they can get somebody like that. Yeah, there's a lot of good basketball played in Conference USA. So those are certainly impressive numbers. Last week when I checked, there were 600 plus players in the transfer portal, uh, maybe another thousand more enter it in the basketball transfer portal. So there's no telling who's going to be available out there. And it's the wild, wild west in college basketball right now. Uh, Players are basically free agents uh, if they haven't transferred already. And uh, boy, rosters have changed dramatically. And, you know, I spent a lot of time watching the NCAA basketball tournament the last couple of weeks. And, you know, a lot of these teams that are doing really well have had major changes in their roster in the past season. And, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of different ways to build a team um, and be successful doing it. But, uh, I mean, it's got to be frustrating for coaches uh, all over the country, you know, to get some good kids in, develop them, and uh, only have them for a year or two and ended up seeing him going someplace else to play and blossom. And, uh, you know, that didn't even mention the uh, guys from like division two for moving on up and deciding they're good enough to play at this level too. And we've seen some guys have success around the country 
making that move too, because there's some really good basketball played at Division Two. And as much as people scout across the country, um, there's misses all the time. And there's really good players uh, in Division Two. There's really good players in the junior college levels. So uh, uh, it's yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see in the next couple months. You know how much addition and subtraction there is on Auburn's roster, Nathan. Yeah, and it's it's we talk about it every year around this time. Um, last season, really Auburn kept most of its core, other than Jabari Smith and, and Walker Kessler, of course, um, turning pro. You know, you had you had Devin Cambridge leave, transfer to Arizona State. That was that was a move that made a lot of sense, really, based on where he was in the rotation, and then and what he ended up doing being a starter at ASU. And so, you know, they only brought in Janai Broom from the transfer ranks. Maybe this year will be a little bit more turnover, um, a little bit more roster attrition. But um, at the end of the day, this is not the decisions from Westry and Treor today. Nothing to panic about. Like you said, Mark, you know, the the days are gone of having guys like that. Look, they're both former top 50 recruits. There's a ton of talent between those two guys. The days are gone of having those guys and saying, well, you know, you know for, for one reason or another, they didn't do a bunch their freshman year, but you know, let's project two years down the road and, and build this roster, you know, and hope to develop them over the course of a couple of years, you know, they because they have the option to go ahead and go. You know, Chance Westry, you know, had the injury, maybe is you know, hearing from some other programs, deciding to sign to go do it there. You know, Yoan Treor, who maybe doesn't see a spot in the rotation if Jalen Williams is coming back, just has you know, is able to make that quick decision and, and go ahead and hop in the portal. And so um at the end of the day, you know, I remember early on in the offseason, um, before the SEC championship year, you you remember this as well when like Justin Powell was leaving, um, and you know Auburn didn't know what they were going to get at point guard. Is you know the, who, who's who's at point guard? Sharif Cooper left. You know before they get Wendell Green, um, and then of course they go out and get Wendell Green. They obviously Jabari Smith was already coming, and they pick up Walker Kessler. So I'm not saying you should expect that every year, but over the past couple years, it, it, even Janai Broom, he was exactly what they needed at center. You know, he, he was arguably their best player this season. So. Um, you know, the good coaches are going to continue to adapt. Bruce Pearl has done that. It's different than it used to be. And some coaches have decided to check out because of it, you know, like, you know, Roy Williams at, at North Carolina and Jim Beheim. you know, they've gone on record as saying, yeah, it's different. And it's uh, not necessarily our favorite thing having to deal with the portal and with NIL. But so far, Mark, there's not necessarily a precedent for Auburn fans to be overly worried right now about, about the transfer process on either outgoing or incoming because Bruce Pearl has handled it pretty well over the last few years. He's, he's won the transfer portal, you know, over the past couple of years. You know, one thing I think it helps Auburn, Nathan, is the head coach is on the road a lot, actually watching AAU events, and he's got a good feel for, um, um, you know, who can play and who can't play. It's like, you know, you mentioned Wendell Green. Wendell Green is a guy that Bruce Pearl had seen when he was still in high school playing AAU basketball and uh, realized he was a good player. And and Auburn's got very good assistant coaches. Those guys have got a really good eye for talent and they're willing to get out on the road and work. And, you know, there was that big hiccup there for a while with all the restrictions on going out to recruit because of the pandemic uh, situation. And, uh, you know, it really bothered uh, – Bruce Pearl and others not being able to go out and watch these guys play in person, but they're able to do that now. They've also, these guys have got loads of contacts with AAU coaches and high school coaches around the country. So I think there's a really good chance they'll end up 
um, restocking the roster and doing very well. Auburn's got NIL to help them do that. Auburn's got the SEC television package and there's just the prestige of the SEC to help them do that. Eight SEC teams uh, made the NCAA tournament this year. A couple more made the NIT. So, uh, you know, there's no SEC teams in the final four, but there certainly were a lot in the NCAA tournament. And the the league is being acknowledged as one of the basketball power leagues. And kids want to play in that kind of circumstance. Yeah, and you see it with some of these transfers right now. I've, I've seen LSU's name pop up a bunch for for a lot of the top transfers. I've seen Georgia's name, um, Missouri, who obviously had a really good year under their first year coach with a um, very different roster, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, and so right now, you know, if you're Auburn, the competition is only going to get tougher because you've got a good coach at LSU, you've got a good coach at Georgia, who just because they didn't have a great first year doesn't mean they're not looking forward to getting this thing rolled, uh, you know, ramped up over the next. Uh, the next couple years. And so of course we'll continue to bring you guys coverage of that. Um, I think we talked about it yesterday, Mark, before our, before our weekly meeting for the site, we were like, all right, you know, this is the week things will start to get rolling in terms of roster movement. And so I, I would not expect, you know, today's news of, of Trey or Westry to be the last thing we hear about this week in terms of, uh, in terms of what happens with the basketball roster. So we'll continue to bring you guys updates all about that on the site and here on the podcast. So, um, anyway, we appreciate you guys for listening today just to a, a quick reaction show to today's news. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you um, for leaving five-star reviews. We've we've noticed a lot more of those recently, um, and we really, really do appreciate that. If you guys enjoy the show and, and it's part of your regular regular listening rotation, um, go leave us a five-star review. That's the, that's the number one thing that helps us out. So we definitely appreciate those of you um, that have made the effort to go and do that over the past few weeks. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week.